Hi, and welcome back to Community, the EcoVillage podcast from Gen Europe, the European EcoVillage Network. So let's say you're starting a community project. You've gathered the perfect group, got a shared vision and agreements, found the perfect place. But there's just one hitch. Where's the money going to come from? While money might not be the thing that keeps a community together, if you're starting out and looking for a place without access to capital, it can feel like a major hurdle. There are many examples of creative ways communities have found to start off with limited funds, and there's no one-size-fits-all approach. But we wanted to start exploring some of the options EcoVillage and other group projects have when money is tight. A few years ago, a group of young activists who'd grown up in post-financial crisis Spain decided to put down roots and start a community project. They decided on a house and piece of land that had once been farmed, then used as a social project before being abandoned once again. They wanted to bring it back to life and create a community-based place of learning, arts and culture, agroecology, and a model of a new rurality. They found the place, and finally the time was right. They did need money to start making it a reality. Without startup funds and facing the financial challenges of many of their generation, what options did they have? I spoke to Roger Jobet, one of the co-founders of the Mastel Potro project in Southeast Spain, about his experience with finding funding and specifically the successful crowdfunding campaign he and his companions have been running. Besides talking about their vision for an eco-social project firmly embedded in the wider community, we talked about the challenges and opportunities of crowdfunding community projects, what makes campaigns successful, and some of the things you should bear in mind when deciding if crowdfunding is really the right option for you. Okay, hi Roger, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can you just introduce yourself, kind of who you are, where you're from? Yes, for sure. Uh, my name is Roger and I'm from Cosentina, that it's a little town in the Valencian community, very near Alicante. And can I talk also what are, what are we doing here in Navarra, maybe? Yes, where are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> We are in Arterra Bisimodu, an eco-village that hosts a volunteering program uh, from European Solidarity Corps. And I'm one of the volunteers this year here in Arterra, uh, helping the garden with the chickens, etc. <laughs> and maybe before we start, how did you end up here in Arterra uh, volunteering in the gardens? Okay, so um, around April this year, I was... Find, trying to find new motivations uh, about living in community and getting some experience in ecology and gardening, agroecology. That would be the principal interest. And I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw the, the, the post from Artera Visimodo that they were searching for a volunteer for Spain. Uh, that could travel as soon as possible to Navarra and start the volunteer project and I wrote them, they accept my application and here I am now six and a half months. And can you just describe a little bit like the space we're in, the building, the surrounding area? Oh yeah, that's a good one. So we are in a place surrounded by low mountains, not very high and the landscape is full of cereal fields which will become green in a few months, and then will dry out again. 
Um, we have um, a huge building that was an old hotel, which hosts the community of Artero Bisimodu. And we are in an apartment facing the north, and it's a really nice weather today. Right. <laughs> so I guess um, maybe one of the reasons you came uh, looking for motivation uh, to live in community and to learn about agroecology is that you have um, your own project that you're looking at starting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so the project is called Mas del Potro, uh, being Potro, the, the little son of a horse. And it's a project that has been in our heads, not this actual house, but the project of having a shared house with garden, taking care of some animals. It has been around the head of a group of four or five people that we are friends since maybe three, four years ago we met. We have really similar interests. And let's say that life has brought us in the same path about this community living. Um, yeah, this project is going to be about uh, sharing a house that was built in the 1850s. So we had a lot of work to maintain the structure and make it look even nicer uh, with the years. But apart from this uh, living place, we want it to become a social encounter or social center point to do some activism also about other ways of living, of transforming society and fighting for what we think is right. And for sure, uh, doing an agroecological production and transformation uh, using also the knowledge we have uh, from the, our ancestors and also mixing it with the, the technology and the knowledge from nowadays. So you've had this in your head for a while with a group of friends, but now you're really starting recently to, to put this dream, this idea into practice. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when actually turning the dream into something more concrete? Okay, so one of the challenges is to uh, find the right moment for everyone in the group to say, okay, this is the right time to do this. Or we, we take this opportunity and we focus all this energy on the project right now because we are young and in this uh, chaotic world, we are all moving around a lot, uh, having different jobs in different parts of the country or maybe moving abroad. We Right now we are a group of three to say, okay, we three are in the same moment, in the same life moment, and we are we are ready to to face this project. Uh, and also another challenge that I can tell is the economical part to find the right place, uh, meaning a good house with en enough land to maybe develop a also agricultural project. And once you find the right place to save the the amount of money needed to to purchase the, the land. So that's also big, a big challenge. <laughs> and I think that's one of the biggest and most frequent challenges that, you know, at Gen Europe, a lot of people come to us and say, you know, I would love to start a project, um, but in many places land is expensive or it's hard to find the financing uh, to start a project. Um, so you looked into a lot of different options for how to get your project off the ground and funded. Can you tell us a bit about the different options that you discovered for financing your project? Yeah, we first of all thought about saving that money ourselves, maybe 
doing some year of really intense work and putting apart some money to buy that. But we consider this option was a really a really time consuming option also because you have to work maybe something you don't really like and it's paid really bad. So yeah, we also thought about going to our circle of closer people like family and friends and uh, ask them to, to lend us some money for buying the house and afterwards giving it back uh, once the economy of the house and of the project had started. After that, we started more thinking about other kinds of financial options like uh, these credit cooperatives that if you're an association or a collective or uh, a company, you can present a project and they can finance the project. You only have to find people who can back up that money. And it was a good option for, for the amount of money we needed. Uh, but the fourth one and the one we chose was uh, the crowdfunding that it's nowadays an option that is working really good for a lot of projects. And we had some experiences around us who did also did it and went well. So yeah, we decided to do a crowdfunding based on donations and then uh, gifts to for these donations. Now, tell us a bit about your crowdfunding project, because you say it's an option that's been working well for many projects. But for every one project that succeeds in crowdfunding, there are dozens that don't even get off the ground. So it's not always so easy to make a crowdfunding work and to really convince people that this is a project that's worth um, either investing for a reward or gifting, uh, donating money to. So can you tell us how um, you managed to, to create a campaign that that felt like it was a meaningful project for people to invest in. We discussed about this a lot because we weren't uh, really aware of the work that a crowdfunding campaign had behind to to really get to the people and to sound like inspiring or exciting for others in order to to collaborate with the project. So yeah, starting with zero experience, we had um, a lot of reading and we can say studying about other crowdfundings using the same platform we used that uh, had succeeded. So yeah, and after that, I have to say that this platform, Goteo, yeah, gives you a lot of help. You have like you know, a personal assistant, let's say that it keeps track of the campaign and gives you some ideas on how you can continue. But I would say the principal thing is to make a message that is ambitious, but it doesn't seem impossible. To wake up in the collaborators some uh, hope that you can read it and you can also get the, the emotion or, or the energy to give you some excitement. Yeah, and then do it in a, in a way of becoming a, a big network of people that already knows the project, that can in some way in the future participate in the project, that can get involved and can visit and can be consumers of the products we, we, uh, we elaborate in the project. Not only as simple don donators that they will give money once and they will, they will never come back. To, to open it as a um, sort of a, of a common place that people uh, can, can feel it's also uh, theirs. And 
what kind of people were donating to the project? I guess family and friends, but did you reach people beyond that? Yeah, that's that's a good a good uh, aspect of the crowdfunding that people you don't expect maybe if the info will get to them uh, and up donating. But yeah, a big input for donations was our personal relationships. Also, this this is like a natural process in crowdfunding campaigns you know, that has these initial steps where your closest circle is the one that gives you the first push and then uh, give it gives the confidence to others to, to also donate. But people that are donating are in the circle of ecology, uh, activism, other other projects or groups that have similar ideas are also donating and also people from the town where the project will take place that see the place as a reference uh, as a historical reference of because it's uh, an emblematic house in the mountains that is well known by a lot of people from the town uh, scrolling through the directions where we have to send the gifts we can see a lot of local support uh, rather than maybe uh, extra local. That's really interesting, right? Because it's people feeling that the project will kind of revitalize and, and rejuvenate the place. And I think that shows you really have to choose your place in your project well. It has to be something that resonates with people beyond your own circle. Choosing crowdfunding as an option, I guess, is a good option for projects that have a, a bigger resonance. And whether that's because it's of local significance or it has something that will resonate with people. Uh, it's not just your personal dream, but it's something that, that touches other people in some way, right? Yeah, it's very important for us to not give the image of, okay, this three crazy people want us to buy their house and and goodbye no we we want to take on the work that uh, a lot of people have done in this house for 20 years uh, because this was a like also a shared property from young people that was in social movements in Alcoy and had bought this house Twenty years ago, um, they rebuilt the house, prepared the pieces of land as they are today, and started kind of a self-managed way of living in Mas del Potro. So for twenty years, this has had a really good impact in the town because it's in a spot where you have to pass by the house to get into some trails in the mountain. So it's it's quite crowded in the weekends or holidays because people pass by and there's already a historical memory of this house so people know there they had salt bread or veggies or other products that it was a place where they could stop rest and maybe look into themselves spending some days there and people who live there could and let them a bed for sleep or given some hospitality also for travelers, international people who came across that trail in the mountain and suddenly this saw this house and maybe that people stay for one week, two weeks to help, to exchange, to volunteer. So we gave this this approach to the to the campaign. Um, because it was already a thing in Master Potro, this this uh, transitory sp 
spot in the mountain. So, and I think we are, we are, we are very happy with the results of, um, of the, the project we, we're taking on. And have you encountered at all any resistance or any criticism of choosing crowdfunding? Because you made a reference before about, you know, some people could say, oh, here's a few crazy people who want me to pay for their project. And at times there is criticism of using crowdfunding as a financing mechanism because uh, people think that it's people choosing kind of an easy way into into financing their project. Have you encountered any of that kind of reaction? Um, we got this this uh, big uh, feedback from a friend uh, that when we told her the idea without having anything set up yet, she told us that like, uh, be careful on how, how you do it because otherwise it's gonna seem you want to get your house paid by others. And this uh, hit us a lot. So we really had this on the top of our heads while we were uh, designing the project. Um, but uh, we really, we were really concise and clear about the, the property of the house was gonna be uh, from the association. The association was gonna be the, like the land owner, yeah. And we are open to host more people into the association, which can live there or either not live there. But we we considered this very important uh, to protect the house, to protect the interests of the project, and to make it really common, not uh, from three individuals that share the property. It's uh, a common property. Um, and did you have, apart from maybe these kind of feedbacks from friends or people seeing you do this project have you had any challenges or other difficulties along the way while while building up this project either in the the financing and crowdfunding or more generally challenges as you develop the idea well right now i can't think of any challenges because we had a really nice welcoming our family friends and projects that are also similar from the very first moment, we established really nice networks with other collectives from from Valencia. No, right now we are in the phase of opening, creating relations with persons and collectives. And right now uh, we haven't faced any challenge of this order. Uh, it's it's more like a high energy moment of the campaign where everything is is working out. And how much money have you raised through the crowdfunding now? Yeah, we have raised 6,400 euros in nearly 30 days, one month ago that we started the campaign. So yeah. <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> and more generally about the project, what are you most excited about when you, because now you're, you've got the financing, you can really, it's becoming real. What are you excited about? Yeah, I'm excited about uh, seeing that magic building again, shining with the uh, original rocks that you restored from the from the walls i really really can't wait to have the the land that has been maybe getting poorer and poorer during the years so maybe to plan some new covers and some 
permacultural approaches to bring back again some fertility to that soil and those olive trees that are waiting to be picked and become oil. <laughs> and so if people want to find out more about the campaign, uh, where can they do that? Yeah, yeah. Or the we, project? We did a Twitter and Facebook page. Uh, you can find us as CSAM, the Social Center Self-Managed from the Mountains, kind of. Mas del Potro. And on Twitter, we are simply Mas del Potro. And what are the, I know you're offering some different uh, like rewards or gifts to people who support the campaign. What are you doing? Okay, so we are doing t-shirt and cotton bags that uh, but apart from this we we are doing all sort of uh, rewards a bioconstruction course of one weekend that will take place in spring uh, so people can come meet the project and also uh, help us to start bringing back the beauty to the place with some uh, bio techniques of construction uh, we are also offering hosting groups for a weekend so you can hike, climb, because there are a lot of spots for doing that in the area. And we will cook for you, we'll show you the place, uh, recipes we know, how we cook, how to use the oven, uh, how to do some gardening works, and kind of living with us for, for a weekend with your group of friends or your family. Uh, and then we have a bread uh, subscription, so you can help us with some money and as a reward, we will um, give you a weekly bread for uh, four months. Yeah, that's the bread subscription that I'm really excited about to start doing bread in the, in the oven. Uh, and then we have um, like a really um, solidarity donation, let's say, uh, which doesn't give you anything in reward, but it's just as a as a donation for the project, for people who maybe has the chance to to put some money into these kind of initiatives. And it's actually interesting, uh, we were talking about um, maybe some advice you can give to people about crowdfunding. And um, I suppose thinking about the rewards, it's interesting to think about ones that can engage people locally. So that might, you know, giving someone a loaf of bread from the, the town's old old oven you know could be something really moving and beautiful for for the people in in the town to see the oven kind of brought back to life but then to have options for people who are further away who who can't you know maybe get the bread or the vegetables but they still want to support the project right yeah that's it kind of finding the the a balance between those two type of of rewards and also considering all the economical uh, situations because a lot of people in a, a lot of places at the same time can make <laughs> a, uh, like a huge amount. And maybe one last question. Um, who are you? Like this core group of people, there's you. And can you just, how old are you? Yeah, we are all from the 98. So we are between 22 and 23. <laughs> yeah, we're still cracking the egg, let's say. Uh, and yeah, we are Roger, me, and then there is David, and there is Sara. As I said, we met when we were 14, 15 teenagers, so we've been building up our relationship for a long time. Uh, but we are really, really, really willing to, to get to know more people who is interested in the project, who maybe want to come and visit for a period and then taking a turn in, in her life and coming to live with us. We are open to this. 
to talk about this and uh, it's a really ambitious idea every every help is gonna be welcome and yeah we want to grow because it's a really nice spot in the mountain that is asking for more lives to come around well, congratulations and good luck and hopefully in a few years you'll be back on the podcast telling us about the project as it uh, evolves over the years It's really encouraging to hear how a group of energetic young people like Roger and his co-founders have found a way to kickstart their project financially. But it's obviously really important to note that crowdfunding might not always be an appropriate option. For example, not everyone has people in their circles with the resources to help out. Crowdfunding is also now a pretty crowded marketplace with many different projects seeking support. But what strikes me is that the key to Roger's success is something that pretty much any project can learn from, no matter what funding avenues they choose to explore. It's that the group took time to design a project that was locally appropriate with the support of the wider community and with a story that has struck a chord and inspired others. If you want to learn more about Mastel Potro and check out their campaign, we'll put the link in the episode description. And you can listen to more episodes of Community with stories and tips about all aspects of eco-village living at geneurope.org slash communitypodcast.